0: And really what we're saying as we have this time is that children are an important, special part of our family. They don't have to wait till they're old enough to have faith to be important in our family. Children in and of themselves are of great significance and we want to acknowledge that today. And you know what would be great? If every time we got children up here, wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to see, uh, you know, Photos of their life and what they've done, and to be able to celebrate that, it it would be impractical, but you know what? We've been able to do it this morning for one. And uh, Alyssa Herbie has been a a great blessing to her family, like all these children have been. But this morning, uh, we're just going to reflect on God's goodness in the birth of a child. So let's uh, watch this together. To uh, up here, the Herbigs would be great, and the Lions. And we'd uh, love also to welcome Kylie McGill and her father as well. Why don't we give them a round of applause as they come up? Great. Come right across this side of you guys. too. This is great. Welcome. Great. Well, look at this, isn't this exciting? If you have the gift of prayer, it'd be great to pray that this doesn't go into chaos okay. soon. <laughs> but it's gonna be fun anyway, isn't it? This is great. Look at these great families. It's great that you're all up here with the kids as well. And we wanna welcome you. Andy and Kat, you've come today and you've brought Alyssa and you've brought her to be dedicated. And, and we just wanna welcome you. And Andrew and Julie, you've come and you've brought Tian and Nathan as well. And it's just great that you've bought, bought them. And also Kylie. Kylie McGill and you've come with your father and it's great to have you here to Howard and uh, your two children as well, Holly and Jamie and we just want to welcome you all and it's great that you're here and as we've said before, welcome to friends and family. Actually what, what you're all doing is uh, very similar to what Joseph and Mary did as well with Jesus. They brought him to the temple for God to bless them. And uh, each of you are different, different situations for a- Andrew, Andy and Kat. have just had a new baby, Alyssa, and we've seen um, of her life. And you've been through the, the challenges and joys of what a newborn brings. And also Andrew and Julie um, have two, and they're past nappy stages now, which is, which is great, no doubt. <laughs> and you've felt this is the right time for them to be uh, dedicated. And also uh, Kylie, Kylie's a single mum and uh, raising children as a single mum is, is very, very challenging and we just want to acknowledge the challenges that single mums face and single dads face in raising children and how Howard, it's up here support, but also you know showing how important family are when you're a single mum and it's just great uh, to be able to show that today and we're, we're, we're supporting you in your... Uh, your unique circumstances too as well. Great. Um, So doing what what Mary and Joseph did this morning um, in bringing Jesus, and and what they're actually doing as they come is recognising that though the children uh, are theirs, ultimately they belong to God, and God's given them these children. And what you've come today is to actually publicly say that we are recognising our responsibilities as parents to bring these children up. We recognise that God's given them to us and we have some responsibilities to God. And what we're going to say as a church is, yes, we recognise too that God has given this church these children and we have some responsibilities as well and we're going to acknowledge that as well. And this morning we want to bless these children, ask God's blessing on them as well. Jesus often blessed children. He loved them and he prayed for them. And let's read what happened in in Mark 10 and 13 to 16. This is what it says. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them and blessed them. Why don't we pray this morning as we give thanks for the gift of these children. Let's pray. God, this morning we want to give you praise and thanks. You are the creator of everything and you give us life and breath and you give us each new day. You're our father, and we thank you. I want to thank you now for the joy that we have because Alyssa has been born. What an incredible miracle it is to see this, the precious gift that you've given to the Herbigs and to our family too. Well, we give thanks for Tian and Nathan and, and their lives. Thank you for their health and for the way they're growing up. God, thank you too for Holly and Jamie. What a blessing to see the great gift you've given to Kylie and her family. And God, thanks for all the good gifts that you will give to us through them all. Thanks for the potential of their young lives, all the days that lie before them that are unlived. Lord, we pray that these days they would live to the full. We thank you for the love that you've stirred because of each of them. You're a good God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to say to you parents together today, I'm going to ask you a question, and if you do respond just in a real, we do wholeheartedly would be great. Let me ask you these questions. Andy and Kat, Andrew and Julie and Kylie, do you thank God for his gift of your children, and do you accept the joys and duty of parenthood, promising to love and to care for them? Great. Now, to the children, Alyssa, we want to welcome you. Welcome, Alyssa. (laughs) Welcome to this church in the name of the Lord. And to Tian and Nathan, this is your church and this is your spiritual home. And we're so glad that you're here. We want to say too to Holly and to Jamie. Welcome. This is just where you belong. It's great. That's good. And church, if you agree, would you just answer we do? Do you promise to offer Alyssa, Tian and Nathan, and Holly, and Jamie, and their families, your love and your care, and to join with their parents in sharing your Christian faith with them wherever possible. We do. do. Great. Well, as a sign of our support for children in general and for these families as well, why don't we stand together and let's pray. God, we pray for these families. We lift up these families before you now. And we pray that in their homes, Lord, they might know your love. That in in their parenting, they might know the joy of trusting in you, God, and providing homes that that bring glory to you. Lord, take all that we offer these children all that their parents offer their children. Take our care, our wisdom, our mistakes. And God, through them, would you reveal yourself to these children. God, take the experiences that they will have. And through them, God, we pray you would speak your gracious word to them. And God, as these children grow in body and mind and spirit, feed them, Lord. Guide them by your spirit and bring them safely through childhood through their youth, and God, lead them to a point where they declare you, Jesus, as Lord. We ask this for these children, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. You can be seated. Now, hello. Now, if I can take Alyssa, see how she goes, hey? Great. Hello, Alyssa. Now, I just want to ask you, Kat and Andy, what have you named your daughter? Alyssa Annabelle Herbie. Great. Well, let me pray. Alyssa Annabelle Herbie. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Great. God bless you. Wonderful. Great. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Grab these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why don't I just sit down in among, between them? And, oh, okay. That will be great. I'll come there. Now, Andrew and Julie, what have you named your children? Tian. Rose Lyons. Tian Rose. Nathan Gary Lyons. And Nathan Gary Lyons. Why don't I pray? Tian Rose Lyons. Let me pray for you. The Lord bless you, Tian, and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Great. Good. And Nathan? Nathan oh, Gary. Gary that's right Nathan Gary Lyon the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace amen amen great wonderful God bless you guys g'day and Kylie and, and Howard doing a great job g'day mate how are you now, I want, want to pray for you, Holly. Is that all right if I pray for you and ask God to bless you? Yeah. Kylie, what you named? Um, Holly? what of your names? Holly. Holly Holly Ann, uh, McGill. Uh, Holly Ann uh, yeah. McGill. Great. Let's pray. Holly uh, uh, Ann McGill. Uh, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Great. Good. And Jamie? What's ja- what have you named Jamie? Jamie Dean McGill. Jamie Dean McGill. Can I pray for you, Jamie? Let me pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Why don't, we, why don't I just pray and we'll ask God's blessing for you, okay? Let's do that together. <laughs> Jamie McGill. Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Great. Isn't that wonderful? Hey, that's it's been so great having you all up together and we just want to, you to remember this time and um, here's a certificate that you'll be able to remember together. Alyssa and... For Tian as well. Thank you. And for Nathan. Thank you. And for Holly and for Jamie Thank as you well. Him. Great. Did I say Nathan? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah. Jamie. I couldn't Jamie. Good <laughs> great. <laughs> hey, why don't we just uh, give them a round of applause? Thank you. And, and we, will, we will pray for you and, and I'd just love each of you one Sunday to duck out and see Kids Church because it's just so fantastic and our church loves kids and we want to help them so much to grow like Jesus. So God bless you all and thanks so much. Thanks, God bless Jonathan. you. Great. Thanks, Great. Good. Awesome. I don't know if you ever have uh, one of those days. I know I definitely have, but I I wonder if you've ever had a day where you've had so many things to do that you've had to formulate a list. Maybe you've done it in your mind, or maybe you've actually written down a big, long list of all the things that you need to do. And I don't know, maybe for you, on your day, this, this could have happened about midday, halfway through the day, you start to get the sinking feeling that no matter how hard you try, you're just not going to get everything done. Anyone had one of those days ever? Yeah, yeah. Um, And and what can happen in that moment when you start to realise no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to get everything done, we can start to get a bit stressed. Anyone got a bit stressed at times like that? What, What can often happen is we become really stressed, and so we start to think, well, if I'm not going to get everything done, I'll try and get everything done and whatever little's left over. So we go absolutely crazy trying to get everything done. We exhaust ourselves. We, we wear ourselves out, and by the end of the day, we kind of are over, overwhelmed but at least happy that we got most of the stuff done. Other people, when they experience that they're not going to get the day Finished. They just get frustrated and think, "If I can't get any of it, all of it done, I won't get any of it done." And they go back to bed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ever done that? <laughs> no. Some people do, but they get overwhelmed and paralyzed by all the things that they have to do. So they just say, oh, I'll throw it all in," and they don't, they don't try to get it all done. Um, or maybe you could be like a third person who, the third person who might sit down in the middle of a busy day. And go, you know what, I'm not going to get it all done. So what I better do is start prioritising what the most important things are for me to do for the rest of the day. And if I get the most important things done, then really I've made the best use of my time. Many churches today, I think, sense that the day is coming to an end. You know, many people think, I think, start to realise, churches start to realise that the time for Jesus' return, the time is getting closer. The day is drawing to an end. And I think people sense that and there's an urgency amongst people. I think in this state, when people are like this, many churches get extremely busy trying to do everything so that when Christ returns, he'll say, well done, you tried to get a really lot of good things done. <laughs> and a church that responds this way uh, has uh, generally a lot of really tired people in it. Any good idea, any good option is thrown up and they go running in that direction. Let's do that. Yes, somebody else do that. We'll do all that because we've got to get everything done. You know, Often the pastors are exhausted in churches like this. The leaders are tired. And often there's a feeling like, why aren't you helping? Get on board. Come on. And, and there's a you know, sort of real frustration that others aren't as urgent and getting on board as everyone else. Some churches throw their hands up. Uh, sorry, in the first sort of lot of people, when they're so exhausted, they almost treat it as though, you know, and Jesus said, I've come that you might have life to the full. They treat it as though Jesus said, I've come that you might have full lives <laughs> to the full. <laughs> and if you're exhausted and overwhelmed, then that's a good thing. But a living church is not an exhausted church. Other churches throw their hands up in resignation and say, it's too hard to get everything done. So we won't try and get every, anything significant done. What we'll try and do is just keep maintaining what we've always done. At least we got something. You know, let's, let's just keep things the same and we'll just try and we'll open the doors each week and we're not really sure what the purpose or why we're here, but we'll just keep things going until Jesus returns. And they're kind of a maintenance church, maintaining things, just keeping things turning over. They're resigned to do that till Christ returns. They're not living churches. They're maintaining churches. Others... Since they can't do anything, everything, so they kind of focus on one thing. And if you go into a church like that, it might be worship. That's the one thing, you know, and everyone's worshipping, worshipping, worshipping. But mission is just sort of left out. Or they're all mission focused and they're sending everyone out. But there's really not any love amongst the people because it's all mission and mission there's one thing, usually it just reflects what the senior pastor's gifts are or what the main leadership think and their preference. And it becomes an unbalanced church, not a living church, an unbalanced church. But just like the person who sits down in the middle of the day and realises that they can't do everything, but they sit down and spend their time reflecting on what's most important and what priorities they should spend time doing. We've sat down together. We've reflected for the last six weeks about what Jesus wanted his church to do what Jesus wanted his priorities to be. And we haven't just thought back and said, I wonder what Jonathan thinks they're like, or I wonder what other people think they're like. We've actually gone back to God's word. And we've said, what are the priorities for a living church? If God has come and reached out to you and you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you've recognised that his death on the cross, he died in your place and through faith in him, you can be forgiven. Then you have become part of the living church. It's something that Jesus has done. God's building. And he's gathered us together. God's building a family. He's building a family that will last forever. And, do, and, you know, as we look at that, we've paused together and we've tried to prioritise and realise what Jesus wants us to have. And I think it's so important that we do that because... We know the day's coming to an end. And we don't want to be spending time just trying to do everything and being an exhausted church. We don't want to just maintain. That's not a good idea. We don't want to actually be a church that is just focused on one thing and other things are neglected. We want to sit down and say, God, what have you said for your church? And as These are the things that we've, we've learnt together that Jesus wants his church to be. He wants the church to be just so concentrated on love. Love. If we were just to say what are the things we've got to focus on, we need to spend time focusing on love. And this morning, just so that you would remember this for years and years to come, I've got the most incredible looking little heart. <laughs> it's a bit cutesy, isn't it? Because the kind of love that God wants us to have is not a cutesy love. But it is a, we are, he wants us to love him with all our heart, and all our soul, and all our mind, and all our strength. The first thing that God wants a living church to do is to love God. To love God. And there's so many reasons why we wanna love God. Because he first loved us, because he created us, because he gave us life, because he forgave us, because he sent his son to die on the cross for us, because he's filled us with his Holy Spirit as we put our faith in him. He's given us gifts. He's given us meaning. He's got a future for us. He's brought us into a community. We could just go on and on for the reasons why we should love God. And, you know, you quickly start to realise that if God never did another thing for you for the rest of your life, he's already done enough to warrant your love and worship of Him for the rest of your life. Worship. And we learned that worshipping with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind is loving God. And then we also learned that a living church is not, not only loves God, but because God loves us, we love others as well. Jesus wants us... To love others as well. In fact, this is the very words that he said when he was asked, uh, you know, what are the most important things? Will you just summarize the whole law and just tell us, just in a you know, few, just give us what's the most important thing? And Jesus answered, he said, um, He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And that's the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. So this is love God. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. And then he said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So if if you don't remember anything else, remember me holding up this cutesy little heart saying, hey church, God wants us to love him and he wants us to love one another. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. I want you to love one another, he said. As you're worshipping me, I want you to care about those around you. I want you to show love and kindness to people in the church. I want you to demonstrate to them my love. Be forgiving, be gracious, be kind, talk nicely to one another. Love one another. If there's any way you can show that practically, do it. And then, just so that we would know, do you know what he said? <laughs> love your neighbour. Who is your neighbour? He told the story about the good Samaritan. And Samaritans were just not liked. And so it, what he it was saying is love your enemy. Love your enemy. Go to the person who, who's even hard to love and the ones that are difficult to love. Living Church never forgets that the purpose that God's called us together is to love him and to love one another. The reason he's called us out, the ecclesia, the called out ones, is to love God and to love others. So I'm going to stick that up there. And he's going to smile out at you all the time just so we can remember that. We learnt together too. He's going to lie down and then you can just remember. We learned together through this series, The Living Church, that God wants us to... Anyone remember what it was? To grow. God wants us to grow. He wants us to keep growing stronger and stronger. Colossians... 1, 6 and 7 says, So then, just as you received Christ when you first came to him, as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up and strengthened in the faith that you, as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving, uh, thanks, thankfulness. He wants us to grow to be like Jesus. He wants us to be Christ-like in all that we do. And just so that you remember this, I'm going to pull out this here, which is a heavy, heavy bar. And it's something that I use, not as often as I should, (laughs) for exercises. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? And and the reason I've got this up here today to show you is that you would remember that God wants us to keep building spiritual muscle in our lives. He wants us to do the kind of exercises that will produce in our uh, arms, legs, in all our life, the kind of fruit that is Christ-like. So for instance, there's things like reading your Bible, just reading it every day you know just opening it up memorizing scriptures studying it when there's a habit in your life that you're really feeling defeated over look it up you know if if it's being a gossip look up what it means to to be tell the truth uh, to not lie to not talk about people behind their back search proverbs search scriptures right through chase down god's word so that you will grow in areas where you are struggling then Having a daily quiet time reading God's Word is so important. Another thing is praying. You know, so these muscles might come through reading the Bible, but these grow through prayer. You know, praying for strength in your life, praying for sick people, praying for, for you know, God to work mightily and help you grow. Then there are things like joining a small group. Fellowship. You know, This is when I'm making up on the spot. What about that? <laughs> Fellowship, but being in a small group where you're actually accountable for the kind of uh, decisions you're making, when people can pray for you and say, how are you going, where you can open God's word together, where you can express love to one another in a small group. Fellowship is an exercise that will help you have spiritual muscles. Giving, tithing. Every time the offering bowls come around and you say to God, here, I'm giving you an offering, I'm, I'm recognising that everything that I have belongs to you. And you've given me uh, the ability to earn an income. You've given me homes. You've given me a family. You've given me friends. I'm so thankful. And God, I am going to show you that you're first in my life by giving to you. Every time you do that. It doesn't feel like it each week. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's really hard. But as you give and as you keep giving, you develop spiritual muscle and you grow. God wants us to love others, to love God, to grow. And the third thing that we've learnt this series is that God wants us to anyone? Serve. God wants us to serve. Um when Jesus, on the night before he was crucified, gathered his disciples, he took a bowl, took a towel, and he got down on his knees and he washed the servants, uh, the disciples' feet, their smelly feet. He did the, the lowest lowest act for, for the people who were normally the servants. But no one would do it, so Jesus took the towel And he served. He showed them his love by serving them. And what we've learnt in this time as we've paused and looked at what's most important is that God wants us to be servants. He wants us to serve one another. And he wants us to serve the world. He's given us gifts, he's given us abilities, he's given us strengths, he's given us passions and he's made us that way so we can serve one another and build up the body of Christ so that we will grow to maturity as I serve you and you serve me and we use our gifts together, we'll grow stronger and so he's given us those gifts to serve one another but he just doesn't want us to be a church that's looking inwardly all the time, he wants us to serve the world. So he said, go into all the world, be my witnesses. He he said, go into all the world and and seek and save the lost. He said, go into all the world and whoever you offer a cup of water in my name, you've done to me. Our serving church goes and serves the least. Those that are poor, those that are broken, those that are suffering. This morning... As we reflect over these last six weeks, we just thought we'd give you an opportunity in these next few moments. Perhaps there's just something that happened these last weeks where you felt that God uh, just sort of reminded you of something that you perhaps hadn't thought of before about the church. Perhaps there was a, a, a first time you were in a small group. Perhaps there was a, you led a small group for the first time. What, what was there in the last few weeks in this series? that maybe God spoke to you personally about, decision you made, uh, something that happened to you? Why don't you just come forward, grab the mic, um, and, and why don't you just share with us for a minute? Um, is this on? Yep, okay. great. Um, I
1: went first
0: Living Church. Yeah, the program out. Um, I sort of thought, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound too exciting, not overly inspired. Um, but as um, I, you know, started doing a small group last term with Bree and um, started doing to a home group, and, OK, all the groups are doing it, so I had to do it. Um, and I actually found it um, really inspiring and um, it just sort of filled in a lot of pieces of the puzzle of, like, what is a church, why we're here, and um, just gave me sort of more strength in, in knowing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, and as things like, I don't know what's right for me and what I need to be doing. God does, because mm. I ended up doing the course. So, mm. thanks. Great. something that I'm sticking the neck out today. There's six little apples sitting on a table in the vestibule. I've also left a note with it. I'd like you to read it. um, series just sort of goes over why you're a Christian and, yes, um, loving God's, and we all love God so much, but it's really good to clarify, and loving each other, and probably particular part is just serving, um, as I've uh, done a few weeks ago, like, everyone has talents, everyone in this room has talents, so, it's just, suppose, um, talking to God and just, um. So clarifying where your talents are and just really, really grow as a person and grow as a Christian. And you serve, so that's where that's an area. In my life, it's, yeah, the last six weeks has been so sort of a bit more clearer. so. Yeah, it's been a really good serious and really refreshing and this gives you really positive thoughts about why you are a Christian in suppose. Um, I got a lot out of doing the course, and um, about service, I just wanted to share that I've moved house, and being a single mother with two kids, that was a pretty big thing, and it was just such a testimony to God's love and the love of his family here at this church, at the people who just came out and helped me from cleaning to helping me move to... um, a basket full of goodies with everything that opens and shuts to make life easier, to casseroles, to everything. It was just wonderful. So I'm just, yeah, thank you very much to everyone. And it's just such a testimony to the God's love and, and the love of God's people. Thank mm-hmm. you. Well, it's great to hear those stories and have you share. Um, this, why don't we, as we conclude this morning, there's just some things I want to share together. As a, as a pastor, one of the most greatest joys that I ever have is standing at the front of a church or wherever I am, next to a, a, a groom. He's nervous, excited. He's got his wedding party right next to him, his side of the wedding party, and standing there as the bride arrives, all ready to be married. There's nothing quite like it. Uh, Often I cry, you know. (laughs) It's such an incredible moment, and and everyone is so excited. It's such a a great time. Um, I wonder what would happen. Could you ever imagine... Uh, people standing and the organ begins to play or the piano begins to play and everyone looks up to the back and the bride's not there, you know, just at that moment. And then someone runs out and finds out and news comes back that she's got distracted, like she was getting ready and then someone else called her and ran this way and they ran that way and she ended up having too many things to do that she didn't make it to the wedding, you know. I think so often the danger for us as a church is to move on to little issues or controversies or discussions that can take us off the core things that Jesus wants us to do as a church. Simple, loving, serving, growing, those things. Can you imagine what would happen if as they stood up and the wedding march began and everyone looked around, there was the bride, swaying, Uh, bloodshot eyes. Uh, uh, She's been fighting. You know, there's blood coming out. (laughs) The dress is all dirty and her hair's everywhere. And the groom thinks, what's happened? I think so often churches forget the core things and can get caught up in fighting and not loving not forgetting that it's they don't need to grow they already know everything you know and forget serving because God you know it's about serving me the truth is the day is coming when Christ will return You know what it says here in Ephesians 5, 25 to 27? Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. We've been studying God's word right through this series. We've been going back to God's Word every stage because we know that only through living according to His Word can we do what God's required us to do. And as we do that and as we live according to His Word, the goal is that Christ, who has saved us, will be presented to Him. A radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. I think there's nothing more important than you can do with your life. I really believe that. There's nothing more important that you can do with your life then give yourself to God, loving him, growing and serving as part of his local church. I really think that's God's plan for us. And, and the beauty is that I don't have to say, just work harder, do more, come on. It's clear. Are you loving God? How do you know you are? How are you growing in your love for God? Is that deepening? Are you worshipping him and finding delight and joy? What's the next step in that? You don't have to do everything. Just, am I loving God? How am I doing that more? Am I loving others? Do people feel and experience my love? Are 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 they receiving my love? Am I thinking about how I can show more love to others in the church? What about people that I meet? Am I showing love to my neighbour? Am am I growing? Am I growing more like Jesus? Last year, was I closer to God? What, What exercises do I need to do more? Is there something I need to take on and own myself that I need to do more? Maybe I need to get into a small group. Maybe I'm staying the same when God wants me to become more and more like Christ. Is the fruit of God's Spirit, which is a sign of growth, Uh, in my life loving joy peace patience gentleness kindness goodness faithfulness self-control is that evident am i serving how am i using my gifts my skills am i doing that am i doing it well am i serving the world how am i helping what god's doing in the world you don't have to feel uh you have to do everything But it's coming before God with authenticity and saying, God, as part of your living church, am uh, am I being available to be used by you as part of your called out ones? Because you know what? I don't think you can do what the church was meant to do alone. (laughs) I don't think I can do what the church was meant to do alone. We need each other. But if we all look at what God's called us to do, and do that together, then God's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. I think this morning, the living church is a church that has Christ as its head and his people responding wholeheartedly, loving, growing and serving. And do you know what will happen to a church like that? They will reach lost people who are on every street in Wodonga, who are on every street in Albury, who are on every street in our country, Australia, who are on every street in the world. We will have a hope of reaching those people as we follow and respond to Christ as his living church. Do you know what? A maintaining church probably won't do that. An unbalanced church probably won't do that. An exhausted church probably won't have the energy to do that. But a living church that says, we will focus and major on what you've called us to do, then that church will help reach the world. Time's short. I believe it is. I really often... Feel the incredible urgency to say, God, would you work in your people? Would you work in my life? Would you work as I serve you? And I think as we all come before God and and do those priorities together, and he will build his church. And when he returns, he'll see his bride, beautiful, blameless, spotless, radiant. He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Are you part of God's living church? Have you put your faith in him? If you haven't, be part, respond to what Jesus has done. If you've been coming along and you've, you've, you've never been baptised publicly, yet you've given your life to Jesus, be baptised you know, show publicly what Christ has done in your heart, be part of this church. If you've never become a member and said, hey, this is my church and I want to be part of what God's doing here, do that. If you haven't served, start serving. If you haven't started showing your love, do that. If you haven't really, you know, started serving the world, how can you make an impact on that? God is building his church. I can't wait to see all that lies ahead as we, church, write the next chapter. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you. Thank you that you've been calling out of people and we're part of it. Lord, we pray that you would take our responses, our commitments, our decisions to do all that we can to respond to what your word tells us we should be doing. And help us to do that with due diligence. And help us let nothing else get in the way. Help us do it consistently and regularly. Grow in our love for you and our love for others. Help us to to grow into spiritual maturity. Help us to serve one another and serve the world for your glory in your living church. Till you come again, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, if you have your blue cards, it would be great for you to just take those now. And in these next moments, it would be just wonderful for you to complete those if you haven't already. If there's a prayer request, put that on. Grab your directory, fold it in half, grab your offering, and get ready to put those in the offering bowls as they come around. So we'll just give you one more minute to grab all that.